All right. Well, thank you again for being here. Um, I wanted to start off just by asking, why do you want people to vote? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I think, you know, while we are existing in this moment when the right to vote and our faith in voting um, might feel a little bit tenuous uh, at times, you know, it is the, it is the bedrock of, of so much, you know, of our participation in this society. Um, it's, it's part of our social contract and particularly in a local context, it is really how we affect change. You know, one of the biggest lessons that I have learned in my adult life is really the power of local politics and the, the kind of outsized impact that your local officials, which like maybe you don't even vote for in an election because you don't know about them. You just know about your Congress people or senators, presidential uh, nominees. These, yeah, these, these local representatives determined so much about this kind of immediate world that we live in. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like every, every individual vote feels insignificant, but of course taken together, um, it's, it's massive. And I think one of, the, one of the biggest things about voting to me is it's, it's an action that, and a behavior that indicates um, a real sense of community and participation in that community. Um, and I think the, the understanding and notion that we're all connected and that we all have a vested interest in making a world that is good to us and a society that is just and kind and compassionate, like that's really important. Um, so this is sort of a long-winded answer, but yeah, I think, I think voting is, is sort of the first step in that, that world building and community building. Um, and particularly for young people right now, I think it's um, incredibly important and for older people, for all people. For all people. AJ, nothing, AJ, nothing but a number. <laughs> We've been promoting lately a um, platform called Ballot Ready, which is basically where you go, you put your zip code in, it gives you a list of all the different officials or um, people that are running in, in your local area and being able to see like what policies they stand for. And it's just a, a very simple tool that allows you to to learn more about who's running because I think that is something that it's, it, it's actually been coming up a lot lately with different artists I've spoken to that they want to support um, sort of down ballot candidates and um, you know push more than just the uh, federal election which I don't know if that's um, one just because it's important or two because they're they're not inspired by Joe Biden but <laughs> well you know I think the other thing that you know, is often overlooked is that, you know, politicians who reach the national stage, they had to start somewhere, like invariably they began as local representatives. And so if you think about a system that is like, you know, funneling and funneling and funneling, if, if the group of people at the base of that are like diverse, really smart, very progressive, forward thinking, open to conversation and new ideas, if that's the pool of people that we're starting with, like, okay, maybe like, you know, I don't think Donald Trump fits in that category, for instance. Um, and so I think for me, it's exciting to, to sort of think about like the next generation of national politicians, those people 
start at a local level. And I think it is important to, to give money and support and time to those people or become one of them yourself. I mean, I'm too scared. I do not want to be a politician, but if someone out there does, kudos to you. Maybe one day. <laughs> I see that though. I mean, I think, I think a lot of times when you're seeing the, um, the, the debates, when there's all these different people that are running for um, either party, um, a lot of times those people, if you're new to politics, you've never heard of a lot of them when they might've been around for 20, 30, 40 years in politics. Um, so it is, it is great, I think, to get, get um, informed on all these different people that are running um, while they're at this stage of their political career, if you will. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about, as an artist, partisan versus nonpartisan when it comes to participating in democracy and in voting? You know, do you feel that you wanna push your fans to vote a certain way or just to vote? Well, I think um, for me, the, the primary goal is to get people to vote, to participate in this democracy, to participate in this system, and to, you know, I think, I think voting is largely a habit. You know, it's, it's the more you get used to engaging in that process, um, the easier it becomes. You know, at the same time, I think most people probably, I mean, maybe I, I can't even remember if I've been open about this, but I think most people know that I'm, I'm pretty far to the left and pretty progressive in my politics, um, just by virtue of the fact that like, of my job, <laughs> you know, not being a straight person, like these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, the ideal situation is being open about your politics and also encouraging people to do their thing and just just participate to me to me honesty and transparency always win i think i think it's a really good thing um and and invites dialogue instead of like you know i guess being too sort of overbearing with your belief system you know i feel strongly about the things that i believe in but i'm also totally down to have conversations with people um and i think i'm just mostly excited about people being engaged, um, you know, the, the rates of voting in this country are sort of abysmally low for a lot of reasons. So I think, you know, the more people who participate, the better. Let's talk about that for a second, because how, how do we get young people to vote? Well, I think a huge part of it is modeling. Um, I think the two biggest things are modeling and then peer group you know, the biggest sort of determinant of young people's behavior and actually probably everybody's behavior, but I know specifically there have been many studies done on like teenage behavior and what are the biggest determinants and it's your peer group. It's like, what do your friends do? And so I think part of it is just cultivating like leaders among young people who serve as those kind of like, who influence the peer group, you know, the people who sort of dictate the norms. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think a lot of it happens within families too. I mean, I grew up, I was lucky enough to grow up in a family that modeled a lot of this sort of civic engagement, um, which made it feel inevitable for me to do as well. But I don't and know, I'm curious, you, what do you think? <laughs> it's a big question, right? Um, I don't know, I mean, I, I think that it's, people such as yourself. I mean, I think, I think artists and have a role to play personally in 
in using their voice and encouraging their fans and followers to get out and do something. And um, I, I get it. I mean, I feel that you look at what, you know, what happened this year with Bernie Sanders and one, I mean, he inspired a lot of people and that was great to see, but then also a lot of young people that were his supporters didn't ultimately show up to vote. Um, and it felt like at the same time, he had sort of like the, the wagon circled around him by the Democratic Party. <laughs> um, and I just think that that pushes things a little, it, I hope this changes, right? But it, it feels like that pushes things a little bit further down a path of people feeling like this, their vote doesn't matter or like, what's the point? Um, and what we're trying to do is really inspire people through working on different artists um, to get them to uh, encourage people to participate and um, do whatever we can really getting educated getting informed and making sure they're registered and then ultimately getting out to the polls um, and trying to make it in a fun way um, or make it fun in a certain sense <laughs> for them to participate um, we're doing we have a whole campaign called vote club the idea with that is that an influencer can share um, a link to get people to get their fans to pledge to vote once um, everything's measured so that the influencer can see how many people they've gotten to pledge. Um, oh, cool. And then the fan can get their friends to vote and they're able to see how many people they're getting to pledge as well. Um, and we incentivize the whole process so that- um, right. It's like a chain really letter for good. It's a chain letter for good, that's right. Um, but yeah, just trying a lot of different things that um, we'll see and just trying to be smarter with how we, how we reach people and connect with them and don't have any answers but you know yeah i mean i do think it, it does seem to me that the way that anything changes is is when or sort of any group behavior changes right is when the norm something happens and the norm shifts um and i think this is true in terms of like acceptance of different groups of people you know and different different behaviors, different ways of living and being in the world. And, um, you know, I'm, I think it is sort of a, it's, it's sort of a chicken and the egg thing in terms of like, yeah, when, which, which comes first, like the norm or the, or the group behavior. But I do think you're right in that people with greater visibility, um, yeah, consistently modeling something or consistently messaging something. I think particularly with voting, one of the, the pitfalls is not speaking about it consistently or early enough. And I actually feel like this year, there's a lot of much earlier conversation about the election in November. Um, and I'm definitely trying to participate in that, but you know, cause like it's, I don't know if I can swear in this, but it, you know, it's fucked up. Like it should be a national holiday or voting day. I mean, there are so many obstacles, both legal official obstacles and unofficial um, very unfair obstacles uh, for for people having the ability to vote in this country. Um, and so I think having a plan, knowing what to expect, being as prepared as you can be, seems to me like sort of the utmost goal at this moment as we approach, you know, an increasingly frightening a future. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I, as you're talking about sort of like the like behavioral change of it, right? I think, and there's, you see this happen like on social media when there was the the Blackout Tuesday, for example, which had sort of mixed 
I, I don't know, I have mixed feelings on all things like that, but sure. um, the idea of it's almost like if you're not sharing this black square, um, does that mean you don't support this kind of kind of thing, right? So how do you get voting to be something where it's like, man, you didn't vote? <laughs> you know, it's like it's you should be voting. Like everybody should be voting, and it should be a weird, you know, uh, I don't know about weird thing, but something that is you should be wanting to vote, right? Like it should be something that your right. your friends are asking you why you didn't participate in it, you know, like that's yeah. versus right now where I feel like it's almost sometimes the opposite of that, where it's like, why would you vote? There's no point in voting. And that's what ends up happening right. logical. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. We're talking about this, but I'm curious just to ask you the question more directly. Like how do you see music's role or your role as an artist in creating social change? and political change, but just across the board? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's about authentically representing who you are, um, just individually, separate from your artist career or whatever. I mean, I think, you know, many people, not all, but many people who become musicians are pretty sensitive. Um, often people who don't sort of like fit in normally, uh, or maybe normally is the wrong word, but you know, there's sort of a, um, a misfit element to being a musician. And you also have, and I think about this very frequently, like most, most jobs, people have to adhere to a corporate culture. You know, they have to dress a certain way. They can't have facial hair at work. They can't, you know, whatever the things are. And as a musician, you have, there are literally no rules, you know, so you, you actually, I think sort of the, the public service component of being a musician is that you get to do shit and express things and say things and dress in a certain way and be open about your sexuality, your family history, your politics, whatever, that most people just don't really have the flexibility to do in their everyday life. So I think in, in a very broad sense, to me, it's about being open in that way and 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 being sort of a visible person um, who, who, is, who is sort of free, you know, and expressive. Because I do think that, you know, just in talking to a lot of fans, it makes a big impact, you know, when somebody is publicly representing maybe a group with which you identify um, and you see that on a bigger stage, I think it's very empowering for people. So I think, that kind of honesty and expressiveness is is the general role of a musician. And then I think, I mean, I think more specifically, everybody's got their shit that they're excited about. And I think the thing, the things you're excited about are the things you should do. I do feel like in this, in the social media era, there's sometimes pressure to all be focused on one thing. And it's sort of like, everyone has a different skill set. Everyone has different interests and passions. Um, and really like something different to contribute to the world. I don't think everybody has the same role to play. And um, yeah, so I think it's like being kind of honest with yourself about what you can, how you can contribute effectively, what you're excited about, what you want to empower people to do. Um, for me, you know, the biggest, I guess, not the biggest, but a huge part of sort of my evolution as a, as a person has been through 
you know, education. I don't mean that in a formal education sense, even though that's been a part of it too, but really like diving deeply into issues, history, gaining an understanding, um, learning how to do things, how to participate in our society. And so that's kind of always been a focus for me is just like, here are resources because it's, it can be hard to, I mean, as we all know, it's hard to find good resources. Um, and I think if you are, you know, authentically yourself and people trust you, then they'll also trust the resources that you provide. Um, so for me, that's, that's a big part of how I see my role. Did you feel this way, like from the onset when you were just starting your career or is this something that like, was that part of your intention or was this something that kind of developed as you toured and traveled and, and met fans and, and just, you know, grew in your, grew in your career? Definitely not something when I began, um, you know, I didn't really think too much about my career <laughs> when I started, I didn't really realize it would be a career. Um, but here, here I am. I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit cliche to say, but when you tour and you travel around the world and travel around this country, you, you meet a lot of people, especially early days of touring when, you know, there's a hundred people at the show and you end up like talking to everyone afterwards. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think you start to understand the impact that you can have and also the reason, the reasons that people engage with music. You know, again, I think it gets back to that, like music as a very liberating place, a very cathartic place, a place to say things that don't feel safe to say, you know, or express things that don't feel safe to express in your home environment. You know, you come to a show, you can be whoever you want to be, you know? And so I think once I understood the power of that and sort of what I was actually out there doing as a musician, that's when it started to become apparent to me that it, you know, I have, I have a role to play and I still have a lot to learn and a long ways to go in, in terms of, you know, occupying that role, I think in the most effective and responsible way, but I'm, I'm learning, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to take in information and, and do it better each, each time. Yeah, I think there's something to being an artist and being on tour and going from city to city and, and meeting people all the time that makes you almost like, it's like you're this diplomat, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. And, and it, it, it sort of puts you in a spot where you feel like you have a responsibility and some, some may not ever feel that way, but I think many do, especially now. It's harder, harder and harder to not feel a bit of an responsibility or opportunity to use that platform for something good totally and I think maybe like opportunity is a good word to use you know because um it is it is such a unique opportunity and and I think the other component of it for me is that it's it's rare to get to travel to so many cities and talk to so many people and really have a sense I mean I talked about this quite a bit like on my not this last record, but the record before about this sensation that I started having that like, you know, everywhere you go in this world, people are just the same. Like everyone wants the same things. And it's like four things, you know, and you travel enough and you, and you start to see that. And what's cool about touring as opposed to traveling is you're never, you, you're not doing something a tourist does. 
Like every night you're at a local show. It's just regular people, you know? So you're participating in this like local community every night, even though you're the visitor. Um, and I just, I do, I do think it, it does give some real insight into this kind of universality of, of human experience, which without being too like cheesy, you know, that's like, that's the point of life is, you know, to, to be safe, to like have enough money to survive, find love and like enjoy yourself. And I, I think, yeah, it feels like having, having seen that, it, it feels like I have an opportunity to share some of those insights with other people. Cause I do think it's, yeah, as, as kind of trite as it might seem to say, like we, we really are all just the same. And um, there's so much more commonality than there is difference. The difference is, of course, constructed by the, the world in which we live. Yeah, it's such a unique perspective that you have to be able to go out and experience those things the way you do and be able to see that when so many people don't. So um, what we find at Propeller is that when we partner with artists on their tours, um, just the live event setting is so effective. Like we do so much stuff digitally online that, you know, people are doing from their phones or whatever, um, uh, just on the platform. But when we, we partner with artists on their tours, it's extremely effective just because there's so much excitement of being in the room that it's just this mm -hmm. artist speaking to their fans and wanting, you know, just, just being there at the live event. I'm curious what you might do at any of your live events to promote any of the causes you care about, if, if anything, but if it's something you say from stage or if you have nonprofits there ever or, or anything else. Yeah, we've, we've done a few different things. Um, we've, we've done some, you know, I'll usually say something on stage if we're getting close to, I mean, I don't normally just randomly have like, long speeches about uh, politics or anything like that but if we've got an election coming up or if you know we've had some shows where we'll donate all the proceeds of merch to to a charity or a cause that you know is sort of relevant at that moment or highly relevant at that moment um we haven't traveled with like a non-profit you know sort of setting up like a a merch booth uh arrangement at the shows but i've been to shows like that um yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously, you know, um, who, who knows what the future holds in that department, but um, I think a lot of people I know um, and us were sort of figuring out what we could do this year in anticipation of the election, but that's, um, yeah, so we having to re-figure re that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> We'll see what happens with live events. I'm, I'm trying to remain optimistic that they will be back. Um, which yeah. brings me to another question. You know, there's, there's so much that is negative around the pandemic and all that's been going on surrounding it. Um, but I'm curious what you might find as some of the silver linings of, of, of this time as well. Like, and where you think, you know, what could be some of the positive outcomes of all that's, all that's been happening um, with quarantining and, and the pandemic at large? Well, I mean, I think surely there are, there are positives that will only be visible in retrospect, but at least at the current moment, you know, I think one of the biggest things is just 
for for me personally and for people who have sort of like a peripatetic lifestyle in general i've never been i've never been in one place this long since i was in college um which is over 10 years ago so it's been a long time and for me i live in los angeles and you know i hadn't really yeah just had this kind of opportunity to to be home and and to remember what is rejuvenating and restorative about being in one place and kind of set it setting down some roots so that's been really positive for me personally I think another element also personally but this extends to a lot of people is you know your dating or partner relationship strengthening that you know that's been a big thing like even my manager he's always on the road you know and he, he and his wife haven't like spent this much time together since they've been married you know and I think it's a lot of my friends who are in a couple or are married or whatever, they're kind of having this renaissance, you know, it's a real, and, and you're free from like, well, we're out at a show. This is fun. Or we're out to dinner at this place. This is fun. You know, there's sort of no distraction. There's no like glitter to anything. And I think for me, that's been, you know, um, really, really positive and exciting and, you know, the third, the third observation I've made, and again, we'll see how this all shakes out, but I'm certainly making music in a very different way. Um, I don't know if that means what, what that's going to mean for it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about what I've been working on, but it's, it's shaken me up. Like the old routine is, is, has been disrupted. And I, I think in general for creativity, that's good. Even if it, even if there's an adjustment period where there might not be great output, I think in general, it is a good thing. Has it felt like a creative time for you? I feel like people have gone both ways. Like either they're really diving in or they're just like, can't, can't get into it. It, it has. Um, but I think it's partially because I have a place to work. You know, I think if you, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough. I've been renting out my collaborators studio. So I have like a place to go. I can leave my apartment and, and work. And for me, that's a, that's a very, very helpful thing. I think not, not having that flexibility or not having a recording space at your house, if you're a musician, is super tough. Um, so yeah, I've stayed creative, but I'm not like, I'm definitely working less. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm on season two of The Good Fight. I'm like watching just TV shows, you know, like it just, just things like I had not done. Um, but it's, it's really nice. Like, I mean, I'm actually enjoying, like I, I like look forward to these new things, which, and that feels exciting to me. So it's been creative, but it's also been, yeah, a more chill lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's, I think, for a minute there anyway, it felt like people were starting to embrace it and having more conversations. And I, there is sort of this aspect of polarity where like either you're growing a deeper bond with your significant other or there's divorces. I'm not used both to having you around the house. Probably good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does, you know, there's, I was joking about this. I had a little like social distance hang with, um, my guitarist and one of my photographers and uh, my guitarist was joking. He's like, I've been, this is regular life to me. He's like, no money, 
I'm in tight quarters. I can't go anywhere. You know, it, there is some component of it that feels, it feels like touring is good preparation for these circumstances. Um, though certainly it's, it's difficult and it's not like I'm, you know, cheerfully laughing all day long, but yeah. Have, I haven't seen, have you been participating in, in many different live streams or anything like that? At the beginning a bit, um, kind of tapering off. I mean, I think, you know, the issue with live streams, of course, is, well, we all know the issues. Um, it's like every bad part of a show without any of the good parts, kind of. Um, and it, it started to feel like, yeah, you know, what is this? What's the point of this? It sounds like shit. It's always technical difficulties, no sound check. Um, and, and, and fundamentally, like you're, you're so divorced from the audience, even if you can see comments, it's just, it's, it's a tricky experience. Um, and I, I certainly haven't been able to crack the code on it yet. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think it's pushed forward probably a lot of new technologies and stuff and might be like, I think better produced live streams can be interesting. Um, just sort of like the Instagram lives and things like that, that were yeah. so plentiful for a while, I think like are not the future. <laughs> I live here in, totally. I live in, in, in Nashville. They had um, Jason Isbell performed at the, the Brooklyn Bowl with no audience, but they put all the audience up on the screens around the stage. So they at least felt oh. like there was like <laughs> people there watching, which I thought was a cool idea. That is cute. That is cool. Better than none, I suppose. Um, yeah. All right, well, I'm, I guess, you know, again, like we've talked on a, a couple of these things, but just to ask you a little bit more directly, I'm, I'm curious what, how do you, how would you ex define what your cause is or what your message is as an artist when it pertains to activism and so forth? Well, I, you know, I think the, the first component of it is start local. Um, in terms of your advocating for how you are engaging with the world. And, you know, there are so many, there's so many ways to become locally invested in your community. There's, you know, tons of ways. And I'm still like, when I'm mentioning to you, like I'm here in LA figuring out like, oh yeah, how do I be, how, how can I be a member of this community in Los Angeles? So I think, yeah, for me, the, the key parts of encouraging activism are yeah begin by thinking locally um and i forget who had said this or in what context but you know in store instead of waiting for someone to make the the world or the experience that you want to step into be a part of making it too um so i think that's that's a huge part of it and then the second is you know i do, I do think particularly right now voting um in this country is paramount and really being educated in that in that voting process. So that's that's a huge point of focus for me. Um, and you know, without this devolving into me talking uh, endlessly, ranting endlessly, but like, you know, we Can have rant. a situation. <laughs> well, we you know we have a situation in this country where, uh, yeah, we are we are governed by corporations that don't give that don't care about us. They care about making money and um, corporations that engage in like deeply racist, sexist, um, classist policies 
for the for the gain of a very 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 few number of people um and it's very unsettling and very disturbing and i think we need leaders to who are strong enough to stand in the face of those corporations um and and really stand up for democracy not like this weird oligarchy that we're living in um and so so i think that feels like in you know just in these conversations i've been having with friends and colleagues and people in the community like that <laughs> that feels very very important right now um and the first step there is voting for for people who are have strong um who have like a strength that, and and hopefully it will not be swayed by these you know, lobbyists and interest groups and corporations in the way that, unfortunately, so, so much of our political landscape has been. Who do you feel is doing a good job of that as a politician? I mean, well, that's a really hard question. On some <laughs> level, nobody. Like, do you know what? Not nobody, but I, I do think there are it's a real, like the system is, is, has been tampered with, you know, like deeply and fundamentally. So I don't know if it requires like a whole new, a whole new swath of people coming in. Um, that being said, I do, I mean, I don't know. Every time I think I know what's going to happen, I'm wrong. I remember sitting at the dinner table telling my mom, I was like, Donald Trump will not win the election. I'm promising you, he will not win the election. It's not possible. Yeah. So, and then it's I was such like, such a okay, weird now, feeling. Because <laughs> I was so certain of it, you know what I mean? And I, I'm rarely like certain of things. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I think there are a lot of people who do have good values. I mean, I feel like a lot of people talk about AOC as like this real up and coming leader. And I, I agree with that. I think she is, and what I, what I think is very inspiring about her is her ability to really stand up to these like establishment people and express her point of view strongly, confidently, and sort of, I don't want to say in an unwavering manner, but to some extent in that manner to me that feels really exciting um and gives me some hope so she's i mean you know again i know a lot of people are are big fans of her but i am also a big fan of her i would love to see her keep 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 going keep moving up i think she will you know i think there was a a lot of people who doubted she was gonna win again and she did very well you know yes yeah. um a lot of people don't want that. I feel like it's like, I don't know. It, it's this idea to me too of like when you look at Biden versus Trump or, or any politicians, like actually not voting just against the other politician, but actually truly being like in support of the politician you want oh, and inspired yeah. by them. That has been such a problem, especially with the, the, the presidential candidates as you know voting for the the lesser of two evils is not ideal and um <laughs> no it is not but it seems to be the way things have gone 
I don't know. I'm hoping someone comes out of nowhere. Not that I'm hating yeah, on Biden, I mean, but you know. No, but I I feel like he has an understanding of his role in this. You know what I mean? Like I I don't think, and that's sort of. I mean, I I have no idea what's going on in his mind, but it would seem to me he would have to be incredibly deluded not to under, not have a grasp on on that. Um, I mean, I, you know, I try to remain hopeful in the sense that like. And I think I, I think actually Obama, Barack Obama, um, said this in a, his Mark Marin interview where he was talking about history and sort of the way that it it moves forward with like in fits and jags, you know, and for every step we take forward, like, you know, there's there's many, many setbacks along the way too. And I and I'm I'm hopeful that this is just sort of like the, the setbacks will be over soon at least this period of them let's hope let's hope <laughs> I'll, I'll drink a tangerine Lacroix to that <laughs> sounds delicious it is great great flavor um well we covered a lot is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to add no I mean I think yeah I think we're all reckoning particularly with with the pandemic of how to how to engage with people and encourage their activism and participation. It's like an ever evolving quest. Um, and I think the most important part, and at least for me and a big area of focus is just that like, I'm not an expert on anything. I'm just like another, you know, I'm just a person. Like I'm, I'm doing my best and I'm trying. And I think acknowledging your own shortcomings and mistakes and like things that you haven't done right um, is just really helpful, you know, and not in a way of like having crazy shame about it, but just like as a learning experience. Cause I think, you know, we're all, we're all growing. We're all getting more mature. Um, even the little babies out there, they're getting more mature every day. And yeah, it's, it's, it's inspiring to see, a lot of people having conversations about racism, classism, misogyny, homophobia, xenophobia, in in a way, anti-Semitism, you know, all this stuff in a way that has hasn't been so forward-facing across, you know, all these different platforms. I think it is, it's really exciting and it's momentum that, you know, it's a conversation that will never end. Um, and, um, yeah, these, these forms of, you know, self-interest and hatred are very hard to stamp out because again, when they, when they benefit people with a lot of money and power, those people have a vested interest, obviously, in maintaining the system. So it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a large task, but I, you know, I am hopeful that these, this more kind of broad public discourse will be the start of some some real change and and change that's about like reallocating money because that's kind of like <laughs> you know unfortunately that's, a, sure. that's such a huge part of this yeah i think i think it's an exciting time i think all the upheaval and discourse and, and chaos in a sense is still exciting i 
really believe in this idea of polarity and you know where there's yin there's yang you know so it's like as bad as it can get on one hand there's the complete opposite on the other and i don't think a lot of these changes that we're wanting would happen if there wasn't the case no and 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 tension is the mother of all growth so you gotta you gotta rub some sandpaper on your face before you uh before you get up and move and figure out how to get away from the sandpaper. It's a good way to put it. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. I really appreciate yeah, you doing this. And for sure. always good to speak with you and, and yes, looking forward to working with you well. again. Uh, okay, well, appreciate the conversation. And um, yeah, take care. Take care of yourself.